Welcome to another exclusive episode of Players Talk Business Podcast with your hosts, Darius Jackson and Kayvon Fraser. First things first, before we get to our guests, make sure y'all tune in and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. You know, get familiar with our faces, Players Talk Business Podcast. Uh, We got some upgrades coming to y'all soon. And, you know, we're not bad looking either. You know what I'm saying? Just get familiar with us. Get familiar with our with our YouTube uh, show because it's uh, it's going to the top. But uh, back to our guest, man. Today we have one of one of our great friends, one of my personal mentors. I really admire how he goes about himself and his business. And, uh, you know, he's a real estate mogul coming out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. We got the one and only. Alex Vasquez, bro. What's good? What's going on, fellas? What's up with Albuquerque. you? Albuquerque. Right? I mean, Man. yeah, like, it, I didn't even know how to spell it. What's yeah. in Albuquerque besides the cartoon? Uh, <laughs> right, besides Breaking Bad. <laughs> that's, besides that's, Breaking Bad. It's, it's not much, but yeah. we, we find it. We get it out the mud, right? Like, we got it. So, time out. You're not born and raised in Albuquerque, though. No. Born and raised Los Angeles. Yeah. So, yeah. you so you're yeah, a big fish in a small pond right now. Pretty, pretty much. That's that's the pros and cons. Well, right? Hold on, what part of LA? Uh, Manhattan Beach. Oh, you're a beach boy. Beach boy. Manhattan yeah. Beach is nice, by the way. Well, it wasn't that way twenty. Oh, okay. Years ago. So they just got there. It was okay. a little slower. It you grew like, up surfing. Yeah, surfing, bodyboarding, that's skateboarding. I'm right. scared of the water now. Y'all be seeing what's going on <laughs> social media. <laughs> Bro, the shark attacks is getting out of control. Out of control. I've seen the most shark attacks I've ever seen on social media in the past week. They you trying know, to scare us. I stepped on one. Like one a of those, shark? those like land sharks. Oh, those uh, what are they? Ti- bo- tiger shark? Him? No, I, well, there's nothing like that. But there was, oh. there was a little one in it. He was just dang. Yeah. When is Shark Week? Is it coming up? It's it be. must be coming up. It's it it's already here. <laughs> <laughs> it's already here. But based on what I see, it's here. <laughs> but man, anyway, um, bro, hold on, real quick. What brought you from Manhattan Beach to Albuquerque? I just had to. Man, that's a that's a story. So yeah. We left right after the riots, like the whole Rodney King fiasco. Mm. Oh, shit. Oh, so wow, yeah, yeah. They were, it was getting pretty bad, and my mom just said, it's time to go. We got to get out of it, and wanted to be more rural area, a little smaller, a little slower mm-hmm. pace. Mm-hmm. And I grew up on three acres, like a little farm, and had chickens, pigs, goats, and I had to take care of all the, the animals and really slowed me down a little bit. And played ball, you know, dirt road, dirt street. Was running up and down hills with my strength shoes. Yo. And, uh, you know, just really calmed me down a little bit. You know, that city boy lifestyle had to had to be kicked out of me a little bit. So. And at what age was that? Uh, just before high school. So mm. about 13, 14. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So I moved yeah. from Dallas just before high school. I was 13. And I moved to southern Illinois. And it was it was very similar, bro. Like cornfields everywhere. My town had three stoplights, and, you know, my graduating class had 60 people. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it does do something different to you. Yeah. You know, it humbles you, but it also, like, really uh, grooms you, for real. Like, you, you're very family-oriented. That Midwest, uh, you're from the Midwest, so you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that Midwest yeah. mindset is different. Well, it makes you have to be at peace with your thoughts because you have yeah. so much time. Yeah. You know, you're not, in the city, you're, there's all something popping, right? But when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you got to figure out what's going on in here and, yeah. and put a, put the energy somewhere. So you don't know that as a small kid or you just growing up, but yeah. you realize it when you start getting into the busy life that, you know, the, the utility of having a slower pace, definitely it enables you better when things are moving in the, in the fast life. So. You know what? That's a really dope take. That's yeah, really that's good. a good perspective. Because we're, uh, I'm a reflective person. I feel like we're all, we are reflective, yeah. but it, it does start coming from like small places because you're by yourself yeah you but learn, you learn to be good alone yeah yeah i would say that i mean i would i wasn't really in a small place when i grew up i mean michigan i mean it's not considered a crazy big state but uh my city in michigan and i grew up in in grand rapids is a big city so i was always around people you know what i mean so i didn't really have time or start to reflect on too much of anything until like you know really went off on my own and went to college then that's when the reflective time started to get so i mean i do but that is a good take though that's a great take that you know when when you buy yourself you know you need like that allows you to have time to reflect on things yep and you know what like as big as you've become you know in the real estate world 
you know, I think the most exciting thing that, that you're doing right now is uh, the fact that you just wrote, you know, your first book, you know, second, second book. book, your second, it's your second, second book. book. Second yeah. book. And he just, I already bought a copy, a copy, but I just got a signed copy <laughs> from the boy himself, but no stone unturned, the remapping of broken ideals. What yeah. inspired you to write this second book? Um, initially it was going to be a journal and you know, the past three years of my life have been probably some of the most trying. Uh, my father passed away on Christmas. Uh, it was a uh, two years ago it was an ending of a long relationship. Uh, two of my grandparents died. Uh, I got COVID. It was like succession, one thing after another. And I had nowhere to go. You know, the maps that I had created to get me out of life had failed. You know, I, you know, the way I thought relationships should be not having a father anymore and really just being upside down. So I started journaling. And when I finished, I looked at it and said, well, you know, this could probably help somebody. So it, it turned more into a, a project of wanting to use what I had gone through to help pull somebody out of something dark that I was facing. You know, so I turned that into energy and, and focus. I went back and got my master's degree I, uh, in, what? in entrepreneurial studies at um, Acton, the School of Business, actually, in Austin, Texas. Oh. And that was actually prompted by Dr. Jordan Peterson. He sponsored the school, and there was about 2,000 people that applied, and 50 got in. And that had to be a fire school if it's prompted by him. Yeah, it was. It was. He's a he's a, he's a very deep, deep, like theologist type of guy. And I did it off a whim, like it said here, apply now. So I took the first test. But uh, but what, was it online? It was online. It was online. Okay, okay. Yeah. And how? Hold on. How old were you at this point? This was two years ago. Two so years ago. Forty years. Forty years old. old. Yeah. I went back and got my master's. Yep, that's amazing. And took the first test with not even thinking I'm gonna do it. Oh, you passed. Took the second test. Nah, I'm not going to pass. Pass. Third one, last one to get in. And then next day, I got an email. Congratulations. If you accept to be in this cohort, you've been you've been accepted. Yo. And I, I went for it. So it was just because Peterson, you know, his ideals and the way yeah. he speaks are yeah. so deep. I was like, well, if this guy's signature's on it, then I'm going to, I got to follow him, you mm. know, because I really believe in what he represents. So. Yeah. You know, he's dope. He's I'm not dope. that familiar with him. Yeah. He's dope. I'll put well, you Jeff, on. Yeah. Je Jeff Swain was talking about him a lot. He No, he was. Yeah, he, he was. I got to get familiar he, with him. Yeah. yeah. Dang, very, that's very the deep. second time. He's very, very deep. You, you got to be in the right mindset. Because when he said his name, I was like, yo, hold on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. We were doing some projects in Albuquerque. We were trying to use one of his, um, his, his programs, the self-authoring program where you write your your dreams your ideals your your ambitions and we were trying to put it into a prison system out in albuquerque because it said the rehabilitation um i think over 60 70 percent of students that take this end up passing or staying in school so we were trying to get it to inmates that were on uh on probation well like his courses or something yes okay well okay, and okay. we were i was speaking with his son julian peterson you know actively to try to sponsor it for the prisons but unfortunately it fell through because the prisons didn't want to em embrace it but you know mm -hmm. so i was it was pretty interesting you know i got really deep into his philosophies and yeah. what he represents so, that's yeah. dope that's Damn. dope yeah so going you know going further into the book i mean you, you know you you converted it from kind of a journal into like a uh you're a remap, you know, is there, what, what's the deepest part of the book? What's your favorite part of the book? If somebody's reading it, a chapter to look forward to, um, that we should all really embrace and tune into. Well, it, it, it's very personal. So a lot of it, the majority of it has to do with personal experiences that I went through and from love with your partner to relationships with your family and anything in between, I think, you know, each chapter has meaning, but I wanted to write it in a way that it was simple and it could be followed and embraced and, and understood. I don't, I don't know if I have a, a specific chapter. I think they all kind of embody specifics. Um, 
but it really showed the depth of when you fall off and you think you know how life is going to be and then it just as we all know kind of slaps you across the head mm-hmm. and i really went deep into how you reflect because most of us will just jump back on the horse especially guys like us we're so stubborn and i think our resilience and our ability to get back up is what has made us so successful but it also can be a double edged sword mm-hmm. and we keep running into that same wall yep you know it's like i'm going to lift heavier and then you get injured and you just you go back and try to do the same thing And in life, I was doing that. I was doing that with relationships and I was doing that with people I loved thinking that there was exceptions when, unfortunately, if you're operating on different wavelengths, you've got to realize that you can't realize that everyone can't go with you Mm. and you want to take them with you. Because, again, you know, our energy is as leaders and as athletes and and guys who really want to help and bring the team together. It's just kind of instinctual. Yep. And then you realize that you're carrying everybody and you're not getting anywhere. I mean, you're getting somewhere, but then when you actually let them go or you shift in how you approach those, those relationships, you become so much more. And I know it sounds pretty normal, but most people, they just carry it because they feel it's an obligation. Like it's my family. Right. I got to do this. It's my girl. I need to go through it. And of course, to some extent, you have to sacrifice, right? But not not where it's draining. It's draining or or I like the analogy of you're giving more deposits than withdrawals or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and I and I kept giving so, getting so many withdrawals and nobody deposited back. So. How do you balance that though because uh one thing that I've learned too is obviously, you know, it's the law of of karma or in the Bible it's planting seeds, yes. right? Um, and that's when you do good to others, somebody will come and do good to you. Yes. Right. So how do you balance that when you know, a lot of the times the people that we're helping out, right. All of us in a position to, to where we have, you know, a little bit of financial independence. So the people that we help out, they're not in a position that they can help us. So, so how do you balance knowing, uh, that, but with also wanting some deposits as well too, because it's never going to be balanced. No. It's never going to be no. even to where, never. you know, we're going to help each other out at the same am- amount. Because, I mean, you know, sometimes like 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 if we're truly helping other people, they might not be in a position to help us back. You know what I mean? So how do you balance with knowing that as well? Personally, I think you have to go into every situation not wanting anything back. Period. Like when you give. There's no strings attached. Yep. But the second thing, and I think for me, I realize that is we're too much in our head and we're not focused on our heart. And, you know, my first book, it was the real estate Bible, how to follow your heart light. It's kind of like your spidey sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been in situations where guys will ask me for a lot of money and it, it feels right. And then I've been in situations where they'll just ask me for like a 50 spot or a hundred and it's just not good. And I think in those situations, if you have the ability, which we do to, to help and we don't feel burdened because you can feel that they're just taking advantage of it because they know we have it, then just give away. That's where I, I don't even think twice. You can just, you can feel it, right? Like you just know that's where you feel and you don't think, because if you're thinking, then you're already looking for reasons not to help. Exactly. Yeah, then exactly. it's not, then it's not, it does, it's not right. So I, yeah. I go with the heart first and, and have tried to transition into that being the sole decision maker mm-hmm. with knowing that if I do give that, do I have the means to support that action for myself? Right. Because if someone says, hey, I need five grand or that, it's like, okay, well, I can provide you that, but what is that going to do to me on the back end and then with my life? And if I know, I'm covered then nine times out of 10, I try to let that go. And then that's where your karma or planting seeds, right. it comes yep. full circle. hundred percent, hundred percent. So how long did it take you to write this? Two years. Two years. Yeah. So what, like, what's the process, right? So, I mean, I, I, I had the privilege lately to be around uh, a bunch of different, like best-selling authors or just authors in general. And it's weird because it's, it's always different reasons for it. Well, it seems like it's always the same reason why they all write books. It's not to to make money off of no, it. No. So 
what's like the process and what drove you to actually write this second? Well, I know what you said that drove you, but what's the, uh, like what, why do people write books? Well, so the first book, the real estate Bible was for, to build my resume. You know, it's a resume book. See, yeah. see, that's what the majority the of first people. Book. Yep, 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 yep. The first book, you know, and DJ. It's like a credibility. Absolutely. Like, yep. Yeah, D D would know this. He just getting into real estate. Yep. There's a lot of realtors. Oh, there's and, and this business is saturated. Thousands. So, I was trying to find a way to separate myself professionally, as as a real estate professional, and writing a book was on my list. So that was the first book. Um, the second book. And again, none of these like, were for to be bestsellers. It was just more of a creative process because I have a lot in my head. Mm-hmm. And this one was more of a therapeutic approach. And again, being a journal, it wasn't intentional to become a book. But then it did. And then going through the process of the cover and how everything's laid out, I really enjoy that. Like, I like that yeah. artistic feel of it it's just i did a lot of the design work myself is this your real picture that you just blacked out is that you walking it looks like a silhouette (laughs) of me right like my artist put this together and we we brought it together and she said yeah it was it was really it's cool how it came together so with your first book when did you realize that hey it's time for me to write this book because you know i have this sense of of fear from writing a book with well not fear but i would say like more uh what's the word um uh, like you're not there yet. Imposter syndrome. Imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like I'm not I'm not quite there yet to to call myself a quote unquote expert, you know, in my field. Uh, so how do you when do you think is the right time to actually, you know, write your first book? And, and I was I thought it was cool how we before the podcast we were talking and how you said you were six years in. You were six years in the real estate. You was like, man, I I didn't know until six years in that this was going to be my my thing. Yeah. And I think that was dope for you just to say that because I think in this type of business, it does take time. You know, your six year, you were like, all right, this is my thing. Yeah. And so, you know, as Kay was saying, like what year was it that you did decide to write this book that you knew you were good? You knew you were different. Well, first of all, I wanted to preface this when we started that. Kay, when, when you say you're an imposter, I'm sitting next to two former NFL athletes. Like, you guys are on a whole other level that most people either take for granted or they don't understand. And I played ball. I played basketball. And I was I was highly recruited. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, family dynamics, I had to take care of my mom. So I couldn't forego, you know, the life that you guys did. But I'm sitting here with guys that, you know, I'm just honored to be with because the level you took it was is just people don't get it. They just don't. Yep. So y- just that alone, Kay, puts you in a, a place where your thought system, regardless of what business you are in, you have every right to have a starting place whenever you want it to. And and just because the way you process information and the way that you have elevated yourself prior to becoming an entrepreneur gives you that credibility. You know, whereas like for me, you know, saying I almost played, you know, D1 ball doesn't make me an athlete. I mean, well, I've seen you play, though. We, we played pickup. <laughs> and that boy was setting some hard screens. Boy was getting every rebound. <laughs> he was Draymond Green, bro. I mean, I, I had to hold it down because y'all were jumping 48 inches and, bro. you know, throwing – out, you know, Tomahawk you was getting dunks, after you know? it. You was getting after it. I had to, I had to like get an athlete mode on you one time. I was like, hold on, Alex came to play. Let me, let me get in my zone, <laughs> bro. But I like that about you because like you're competitive, and that says a lot about your character. People that come in there and lollygag, and it's cool because they're, you know, we just playing pickup. Right. But when, when the game gets tight, that's when you know who's for real. Yeah. And you was playing serious. You set a hard ass screen on me. I said. Man, I'm about to go box his ass out next <laughs> next possession. I'm about to go get that rebound, and I love that because it's bringing the best out of me. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. But no, uh, back to what you were saying. Like you, you know, you almost went D1, but you're not about to. You know, you're not about to brag on that. Right. And just, yeah. Yeah. But you're gonna prove it by being the real deal. Yeah, and I mean, it took me six years to realize that this is the path, the real estate, and to embody it. I was working three jobs. Uh, when I first started, I was working at Foot Locker during the day. Damn. I was serving tables at night, Damn. and I had my real estate license. And when I was uh, serving tables, I'd get a contract in or a call, 
and I was really good with my manager. So I'd run to the back and I'd be on my phone. And before we had like, like the dope iPhones, I'm older than you guys. <laughs> I had to like look at this and couldn't see it and was trying to put deals together. He was and on. He was on that uh, that D Wade that Sly phone that yeah, he had, like that Black keyboard phone. All that. I had a razor, <laughs> oh, <laughs> razor, old razor. Flip oh. that thing up. Yeah, yeah, he was in the back typing away. Yeah, six years, and I had three roommates, and they were paying five hundred bucks a month in my crib, and my mortgage was like eleven hundred. Oh, so you already kind of had the idea, though. You were already renting your crib out. Yeah, but this was uh, seventeen years ago. I start, I've been doing this 17 years now. So the first six years, I had positive cash flow. I had no debt. Card was, car was paid off, and I was just stacking. And this is a good segue because year six, I, I started working with Mike Miller in the NBA. Mm. And he was my, one of dog. my first big clients. Yeah, big dog, two-time NBA champ. Shout out to, to Mike, to Ryan Miller, big time. Oh, his, son, his sons are cold too, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. yeah. His My cousin plays 6'10". with his son. Yes, I saw him play. He, yeah. he had a cold Duncan. Uh, yeah. Are nice. you still cool with Mike? Oh, yeah. US, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. still do deals with you? Yeah. He does. Yeah, That's and cool. he just signed the first round draft pick last year and has a sports agency now. And those yeah, guys are. Oh, he has a sports agency. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, that's dope. He's a businessman. Big so, time. hold on. How'd y'all link? So, <laughs> funny story. We. I was networking like crazy. So when I when I was coming up, I was networking breakfasts, lunches, dinners, five days a week. Just my goal at every networking event was to get twenty cards. So I'd have sixty to seventy a day, and then I put those in my database and just farm those. Right. So I met Ryan Miller, who at the time was the assistant coach for the Lobos UNM, and didn't know who he was, but he started buying up houses. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the first month. 150 cash month later, 200 cash month later, 180 cash. He did this like four or five times. And then the light kind of turned on. I was like, is your brother Mike Miller? He's like, yeah, man. So we ended up buying about 22 properties over 18 months. And he did close to three and a half million with me. Just me. Wow. And the crazy thing is this, this is what changed the game was he, Ryan Miller, shout out, Ryan, Ryan's the hardest working guy I've ever met. He was actually a coach at TCU, mm. the assistant coach. So where are you coaching at now? Oh, God. He moves around. I don't know right this second. I think he's at – yeah, look it up. He's – sorry, Ryan, but he's he moves around a little bit. But um, he put me on his E-Trade account, right? And he made me a fiduciary, meaning if we found a deal – you he, could just take I it. could just take the money because he had your truck. You had, yeah. And there were, a, there was, there's a lot of money in that account. So I would open the account up and I say, Rye, I found a deal. And he's all, what is it? And I give him the terms literally like five, not even like two minutes. Rye is like, he says two things bet. Okay. Damn. And I buy the house, mm-hmm. close it and we move on. And I would t- take, he's at, he's at Creighton. Creighton. Yep. That's it. Oh, wow. He's at Creighton right now. He's Damn. an assistant head coach. Yeah. yeah, damn. Yeah, Creighton. They made a run. They yeah. just recently made a run. That's no, they're big time. I mean, I mean, they always. Oh, Creighton. Yeah, Creighton's up there. Always go deep in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the, uh, yeah. in the, the, damn. What the hell is it called again? The tournament. The tournament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The March Madness. March Madness. So, so you were. So he made you a fiduciary, and you, you were just able. You, obviously, you would be like, "Yo, found a deal," and he would just bet. Boom, you're doing it. You're closing it. That's There's it. a trust. He would. Yep. He wouldn't even. Asked me, like, I would yep. do all the due diligence. We'd do the inspections. He'd say, what do you think? I said, well, we should ask for this much. Okay. So, yeah, yeah th- that was year six. Yep. I closed a, a big deal with him. It was an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And then my GM at my restaurant closed his retirement home. And that month I made 100 racks. What a great month. And I, I, month. I, I said, okay, if I can get out and have at least two years guys be saying a year worth of of money to be okay i'm more conservative mm-hmm. i was like if i can have two years with this stuff paid off or like covered then i'm out so i left the restaurant job i left footlocker and then i hit real estate full time after six years have you ever Damn. lost any deals uh yeah of course a lot i mean l- lose in the sense of commissions but not in personal deals where i'm i'm seeding them or i'm bringing in investors no no 
No. A loss would be like, you know, on that type of deal would be making just, you know, some change. Like, or breaking even. Or breaking even. Yeah. But it's not a true loss. No. You just it's just an L on the deal. Not not but not yeah. yet. So you've been doing yeah. it for seventeen years. Yeah. Uh so if we backtrack and we go back out to like the 08, 08, 09, 2010 market, how was that market for you in the industry? So I came in in 06. Right. So it was right before that. Right before. So my first year out, I did all right. I was like six months in and I closed 15 deals. Second year, I did like 25, 30. Third year, 40. Fifth year, 60. Mm. So I got into 08 and it was grind from the start. It wasn't, it wasn't like a drop off for you. No. So I didn't know what, what good was because all these realtors were like, oh, this is a great, great market. And then when it hit, they were going back to their serving jobs. And I was like, well, I'm good because I'm. You're doing something different. I, I just had the different approach. You know, I didn't know a, a great market. So what's different about your real estate firm than other realtors or real, or other real estate firms? Like what all uh, encompasses your your real estate portfolio or your real estate business? It, well, now you're commercial. Yeah. But how long did you do this residential? Well, you still do residential. You still do residential too, though, correct? Residential more in the sense of flips. Yeah. But right. commercials are bread and butter now. Um, probably it was seven years, eight years that I transitioned into commercial because my first firm in 2015, it was acquired by Berkshire Hathaway. Mm. And I was the second mm. company in New Mexico to be acquired by a Buffett company. And that changed my, my life, obviously. So they acquired my residential firm. And then I went over to Berkshire Hathaway for two years. I had a non-compete. I couldn't start up another brokerage and I had to oversee so and manage. they kept you on? Yeah. Yeah. They put me on a... Did you start this firm? Yeah. And they bought it? Yeah. Damn. And I was managing 300 brokers, and I had a fat salary, and I was just kicking back. And But that wasn't my vibe, you know? Like, I had yeah. to get out. Yeah. But I still had Rhino property management that was growing slowly, but I was stuck between the two companies. So I had a three-year deal, uh, and after year two, I, I said, hey... I'm out. You can keep the last oh, year. It was only two years. I already know because you like hunting your own food. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I left. Know. I already I left. know. Yeah, because I was on a 95-5 split, fat salary. I just had to overlook, you know, agents and, and marketing, and it was cush, but. It was draining? Was yeah, it draining it managing just, all these people? No. It, yeah. I love doing that, but it was just mm-hmm. the, the creative aspect. Yeah, it's not your vibe. You, you, ain't doing what, yeah. you ain't doing what you want right. to do. Yeah. I couldn't put my signature on it. Yep. You, you was in the penthouse with a butler, yep. and you was like, I don't want to be served no more. No more. <laughs> so I, I went back out. We had 500 units at Rhino Property Management at the time, and then within three years, we bumped it up to 1,500 units, and we've been the top uh, property management multifamily brokerage in Albuquerque going on five years now. Damn. So we, we went hard. So, I mean, what differentiates our firm is culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all about training and mentoring and loyalty and, you know, just being a man of your word, which is, is a losing battle right now. 100%. You know, looking somebody in their eyes and giving them a handshake and saying, I'll get you the money. Yep. And when I get you the money, you're going to get a little bit extra too. And I'm going to, I'm going to hold it down the way I, I think the value needs to be. Like going above and beyond, just the things that we all as athletes, extra rep, coming in early, leaving late. You know, people now, it seems like they, they have their hands out and they're not wanting to be dynamic or be better. And they think that something's owed to them. Yep. Big, mi- big victims mentality right now. So, you know, you can take that all day because guys like us, we're just going to run, run around them while they're crying and we'll take it all. No. Uh, and the, yeah. and the mindset is everything. The mindset yeah. is the trust because I, I swear, I swear, boy, when you, when you, when you, when you set that screen on me and got that rebound on me, I said, <laughs> I can, I can trust this man. Cause he don't give a damn. He ain't playing yeah. friendly. Like he's getting after it. Yep. And you've sent me a deal before yep. and I would, and, and, uh, I wasn't ready for the deal yet, right. but we'll get there. But, you show me the numbers 60 days later. Yep. We've built a relationship. You came on my bachelor party. Yep. We're building this relationship and it's like, yo, when it's go time, it's go time and we're going to have and we're we're young, bro. We have, you know what I'm saying? We have so much time. Yeah. 
And that's what that's what's beautiful about building a relationship with somebody that you can trust. And it comes from the small things, like you're saying. Yes. You know, somebody looking at somebody in the eyes, shaking their hands, yeah. doing what you say you're going to do, and then throw a little bit on top. You know what I'm saying? You know, getting a rebound, you know, I'm going to come back and dunk on you. Yep. But I can trust you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what it's really about. Look, Kayvon, look, look, Kayvon. <laughs> you said he was going to come back and dunk on me. I had to throw that in. <laughs> you can't jump deep. Kay's the only one that Boy, can you, jump you in you this room. Right. You damn right. You damn right. No I more. Just, I can't. I don't like coming down. No I saw more. him. He can't jump. Oh, man. And I hate landing. He, he I saw me jump, do that weak layup. But no, bro. He's trying to throw that part in. Yeah, right? Just trying to sneak that in. I was just waiting on you to laugh because I knew he would. <laughs> but no, but but uh, so you're the reason you got into commercial. You left residential. Obviously, I think personally, I think the residential world builds your uh, communication ability. I think it builds your communication abilities because commercial, I realize, is just numbers. Show me the numbers, sign papers, shake hands. But but residential, it's like emotions are involved. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're dealing with people and families, and they're buying a house, and this is their first time buying, and and all these different things. What uh was that? Was that first apartment deal with with uh the Millers? Was that your first time getting into that space of a bigger deal? Yeah, yeah, that was. That, and that's when you that that hundred thousand dollar month really changed your whole outlook on what where you wanted to take it. Yeah, that. But it was a non compete too, correct? No, this was before I took that. Took that. This was this was when I was still working at Foot Locker and my serving job. I was able to close that right, deal, right. and then a few years later, I built up Rhino, and then I sold it. You sold it, but you transitioned into more of commercial after I sold. Yeah, it was because of the non compete, though. Correct? No, or, or or that didn't play a factor. That in didn't it? play a factor in it. Oh wow, it was before that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So time out. We know you're smart. We know that. But who was your mentor? There had to be some. I know you said that you and Patrick Big David have a, had a relationship, had a business relationship. But but did you literally just kind of figure this shit out on your on your own? So shout out to Pat, Bet David. So we we went back. So he, I'll tell you another funny story. Yeah, yeah. So he was in Burbank working, and if he ever listens to this. He'll remember this. And I was sending him DMs. I think it was on his Facebook because he, he was just on the come up and he was doing a lot of motivational videos and he did his first video of Life and Entrepreneur. If you guys saw that where he had the Ferrari and he threw the keys mm. and it just it lit a fire on me. When I saw him, I was like, he he's expressing what all of us as entrepreneurs are feeling. So I just kept hitting him up and I was trying to put a deal together when I went to Berkshire he owns uh, p- people helping people, PHP, P- and ins- PHP, yep. insurance oh, yeah. agency, right? Yep, yep. So the the play was to try to get PHP into every Berkshire office to right, right, co- right. coexist with insurance and real estate. Like, it's the bread and butter, right? 100%. So I was digging, digging, and I, I got to the guy right before Buffett. No no lie, but you can't get to Buffett. But the, the main guy, Hitman, was, like, <laughs> down in Florida. And I his went name Hitman. <laughs> well, I just call, I, I just called hey, that. I was just rolling, I was know, rolling with it. I was like, know, damn, like, Hitman. Yeah, he, I just thought it sounded he, good. He's you know, the right hand man for real. <laughs> Buff is moving different. <laughs> so, so I got I got to him, and we were going back and forth, and it, it dissolved. We just couldn't make it make it happen. But I I had met with Pat in Burbank. I met with the Biz Doc. His guy, he came to Albuquerque. Then I went to Dallas when he was here a couple times, and I went to his events. And I text Pat. It's it's become cordial now. Pat's blown up. I mean, Pat's on a whole other level. Yeah, Shout no, out he's again. big time. You you see his 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 episode yesterday with with Tate. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. on he's on a whole other level. So, but we're cordial, and you know I know he's real. Mm-hmm. Every Thanksgiving, and every Christmas, I always text him, and he always hits me back. Like, and I still got his Burbank number, all right? I got that text where it's, like, straight to him. Yeah. And yeah. he's always like, thanks, brother. I'm glad everything's good. Like, every year for, like, the last seven, eight years. He's real. We're wow. just yeah. always back and forth. And yeah. that, to me, as a character of a man, because who, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, but the initial question, and I'm not lying, D, but it was all me. Yeah. 
I, I just, I started reading, you know, I'm a voracious reader. Like I read, I told you like two, you bo- read, two books. You read, bro, he told me to take a speed reading class. I know. And <laughs> he, he was me, like, he bro, too. You t- show, show me what. <laughs> bro, this is how he reads, bro. This is how he reads. Like, bro, he told me you can read this book. And I'm like, bro, no. Did you guys see that how video? Fast, yeah, that, how fast do you read? How, show, show, show me how fast do you really read? How fast do you really read, though? Do you do you actually I, like? I, I could probably finish. What is this? This is 150 pages, like three days. That's 50 pages a day. That's a good. That's perfect. That's, that's a great. Read, that's a great speed. Yeah. If I could read, if I could read speed, was that like a four? Not a four how many three. Day, how, I a four I, three. I, I, that I could, could be. Read this in that's days. like a four five probably. probably. Well, hold on. How many hours a day? At least an hour. Sometimes two. An okay. hour a day. That's what I'm saying. 50, 50 pages. pages in an hour, bro. That's four two eight. Bro. That's fast. That's four two eight speed, bro. I mean, from for me, that's fast. I'm a super slow reader because I can't like. I have to like go back, you know, and read. That's like a little over a minute a page. You know, I'm not a mathematician, you know, but it's a little over a minute a page. That's 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 incredible, though. But you know what's what's crazy? I have to go back. Yeah, it's it's like reps. It's the same thing. Your body starts to Mm. adjust. So when I read, honestly, now I know where there's run-ons, and I know the information that I can pull from it. So I'm I'm actually sometimes I a lot of books that I know it's new content that I'll fully immerse it and I'll go line by line. But if stuff that it's I'm pretty familiar with, I'm able to kind of jump around a little bit quicker and then pull the nuggets out. Where yeah, so have you best. ever read any Ray Dalio books? Absolutely, ain't no runos in his book. No, <laughs> that man. And you that gotta read. You gotta detail. read that stuff a couple times. Like that yeah. latest one where he was talking about the markets. The princi- uh, it's not principle. It's it's uh, uh, the world order. Yes. Yep. Changing world order. Yes. Yep. That yeah, one. Yeah. You gotta that go back. Yeah. That book's deep because it's a history lesson. It's fucking deep. Yeah. 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 Like you have to see that's the thing. That's you, the best you, thing about you have to like it's gonna take in. you no, it's gonna take you time to read that book. And you can't and that can't be the only book you read no. at, the, at the time because it gets bored. Like yeah. you get boring. Oh really? Yeah. You, you gotta have like little fillers. Like that's yeah. like maybe a three, four month book. And yeah. you got yeah. your little ones in the middle. You to know? Juice you up. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's why I like yeah, audio books sometimes you. where you could just hit ten seconds, run that back. Ten seconds. It's just drilled in your head. But it is different actually reading. Too. You know, I've I personally, and again, maybe that's old school. Is I've tried the audio, but it doesn't seem to stick as much as when I'm reading. It me depends too. on the and author. It depends on the voice. And, and oh, me yeah. too. Don't the yeah. only voice that is thick is Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent, bro. That's I listen. Only, I started it how again. Many bo- I started <laughs> Fifty Cent voice. His audio book oh is my crazy. Gosh, bro. Which one? Crazy. Hustle uh, harder. Hustle, hustle smarter. Yep. All right. No, bro. Crazy. Check that out. Fire. His audio book crazy. That's what got me into reading books is his audio book. Okay. His audio book is crazy. Kay told me about it. And I seen it before, but you know, I seen it. I was like 50. He's always been an idol. Yeah. But he was yeah. like, yo, that book's fire. And I was like, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I've seen it. Let me just do it. Let me just, bro, it was the audio book. I swear what he was talking about started yeah. happening to me week by week. And I was yeah. like, damn, this is his same situation. Let me go this route. Yeah. yeah. But the business advice that, mm-hmm. he, that he gives mm-hmm. is elite. Okay, I'm going to check elite, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. I respect him as a businessman. I've always liked 50. I mean, he's one of the realists. Like, Bro. Yeah, and, I, and, like, even in his shows, it, it shows how real he is because he always plays the character of, like, you know, being real but also doing some side shit yeah. and then coming back but showing loyalty. It's yeah. kind of weird how he portrays himself, but I really like it because he's just always him. You know what I'm saying? And for someone, anyway, just a short thing about him, for someone to have G-Unit, a clothing brand, a video game, Rapping and now in the acting, this man's like, it's like him and Jamie Foxx, bro. So you ain't even you forgot his alcohol. Yeah. Oh how I forget it's just another thing. His alcohol is crazy. Effing vodka, blowing yeah. up, blowing yeah. up. And, he, I, and he toured. He toured every he got, store individually. He got a cognac too, don't he? He might. Bron Bronson. He he always talk about it. Is he he, he might. Bro, too, Bronson cognac. Bronson, he ta- he hashtags in he every hashtag post. Every single post. Yo yo. I yeah. was confused by that, but he's a master marketer. But for him to go to every specs in Texas, every stop, I mean, he literally was there, and he talked. He talked about why he did that. Yeah, it was different, bro. It, he's different. Well, he brings everybody up with him. It yeah. doesn't mean they're gonna go because obviously you saw G Unit. Most of those guys fell off, but he talked about that. He too. talks about that, bro. Yeah. You got to. He talked about that, but yep. he he's real because he just wants everybody to win, you know. And that's that's my motto. It's like I'd rather win than be right. Like I'll push, I'll pull. 
I'll be in the middle. But yeah. get the guys that they want to be right, they they miss the big picture, you know. And those are guys that it's all about ego. It's about me, me, I, I. It's like you just put me where we need to go to win, and I'll I'll make that happen. I don't care. You sound like the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good game, actually, that, too. I didn't even watch it, to be honest. I watched the last three minutes. That that was a boring finals, in my opinion. Well, it was boring because the one man who who uh, was being accused of being Michael Jordan's son carried them all the way to the finals doing some immaculate stuff, amazing 40 points, 50 points, and then gets to the finals and runs out of gas, bro. Jimmy Butler, dog. I still wouldn't have watched it to be honest. That was very boring. It was two it was. boring teams playing. Well, you knew when the Denver. Celtics would have been more yeah, exciting. Celtics would have. I would have watched the Celtics. I know. I would have watched the Celtics. The Heat making it was just like, like oh, uh, Jimmy Butler did. He had I'm 14 points in an elimination game. As soon as the Heat points. and Nuggets made it, I'm done watching. Yep. The Nuggets. I mean, we we all knew the young Nuggets was gonna win. Well, you know the Nuggets they, might go on a run, right? Jokic is the best player in our. That's crazy. He yeah. he may That's be crazy. he may turn out to be the best player in our era. Yeah, but nobody I'm, will actually I'm putting say a stamp it. on that. We'll say that he in the, may yeah, be, we'll say he that. He may turn out to be the best yeah. player in our era. He may, yeah. he may. It's like Tim Duncan. Nobody talks about him. I know. But his stats, you can't. Yeah. You can't, you can't deny the stats. You can't deny the stats. Yeah. So it, we just got to accept it. But seeing that last night and then Jokic's like reaction to winning though too. It was like yeah, like, he was just chill. Yeah, and he was in the back. He's like, with man, the picture with his with his daughter. Yeah, job done. Now I can yeah. go to back to Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> his brother's some savages too. Oh bro, yeah, I like his brother, yeah, yeah. bro. And you you ain't fucking with him. They bro. the muscle in that family. You can bro, see his that. brothers, yeah. his brothers. You ain't messing with Jokic, bro. So I do want to transition because I know we talked about it uh, briefly. I do want to transition about this Andrew Tate topic. Okay, right, okay. and and just uh, one. Did you watch the the uh, the whole five hour thing yesterday, or did you watch snippets of it on the plane? I watched about an hour and forty five minutes when yeah. I got here. So. How do you or are did you watch any uh, of his previous content? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Tate fan. Okay, okay. So, sure. so, so that's what I wanted to touch on. Yeah. What's what's your like? Why are you a Tate fan? Right. You know, because I know as he's he draws up a lot of controversy. Yeah. Uh, Purposely, probably. Absolutely. You know, but what does, what about, you know, his takes make you a Tate fan? Well, if you take the time to go past the misogyny and the, the extreme ways that he promotes himself, there's a lot of depth and very stoic principles that, I think most strong men who are confident in themselves embody. And I think his ploy is to be, you know, have the shock factor to get likes and clicks, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's playing the business up front mm -hmm. and he knows that, but whatever he loses based on how much traction he's getting, he's factored that into his, his marketing and his equation. And if you stick with him, you can see that he really is trying to help, and in what ways though? Right, right. You know, I follow him, uh, and I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm able to isolate. You know, so I don't. It's some things he say that I think is yeah very extreme. outrageous, extreme. Right. But then there's other things, things that he say that I'm like, okay, people need to hear this. Maybe his delivery may be a little off, in my opinion. Sometimes I agree. Um, but in what ways do you think uh, he's trying to help? I, I do believe, just based statistically, you know, the way that this younger generation of specifically men are evolving, are becoming a lot more antisocial, a lot more, uh, I want to say, emotional. And I think for strong men... Soft. Yeah, soft. There you go. And I, and I, I mean, yeah, you could and, be soft. And yeah. I think that's, they're trying to throw it, you know, down our throats where it's like we have to be in tune with our emotions. And it's like, that's not how men are built. And and I don't mean that trying to be machismo in, in Spanish, like super macho. Like, I mean that mm -hmm. in, you have to be able to control emotions and know when to showcase them and not let your emotions control you. And I think Tate's regiment, if you listen to it, you know, he wants to take care of his body 
you know, he works hard. You know, he does a lot of the things that as athletes, again, kind of our foundation, it's like you eat right, you sleep right, you work out, your mind just, it functions better. With, I think in our generation, I think what he's trying to say, what you just said is just self-discipline. Yes. We don't have those principles anymore because, I mean, now we don't, you know what I'm saying? There's so much going on. We, I, I was telling Alex, too, before the show, I was like, I went to Kansas City Airport, and I was like, by the way, for a Kansas City Airport, that thing is upgraded, bro. That thing is dumb upgrade. It's nice. But side story, it was the first time I seen in the airport especially, they had they had a restroom. It just said all genders. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. I, I was like, dang, this is the first time I've seen this before. But long story short, you know. With, so you was in there with everybody? Yeah. Yeah, all, crazy, all right? genders. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you still winning it? Yeah. I would have went in there. I, I mean, there was went. a lady changing her baby, and then the dad came in and switched, and so she went to the bathroom. I would have went in the family bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> it was just all genders, bro. No, I'm saying I would have yeah. went in the single star <laughs> family well, bathroom. Well, that's how it's set up. So there's not just urinals hanging out. Like, everything's shut off with the door. So you walk in, it's just like the sinks everybody shares, but the, all the doors are, are, like, shut off. But It's like a bathroom within a bathroom. Yeah, but, you know, that's where we're headed, though. Soon, all airports, including DFD, it's going to be all genders because that's where we're headed, just like with the self-discipline. And somebody like Andrew Tate is very controversial in this time in the world right now because he's just going to say what a lot of people really think but would never say. Well, it's how you say it, right? And it's how he said Like When I listened to him, I was like, yo, who is this guy? I had no idea who he was, bro. had no idea until, like, uh, you know, probably like what, what, eight months ago, maybe. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let me at least just watch some videos on Twitter, see what he's talking about. And I was like, you know, he's really, he's not, he's not wrong. He just, he's just saying in a really masculine, vulgar way, Yes, but he's really not wrong. You know, like now it depends on what topic, but I was like, you know what? Like he's just a, just a confident guy that's why when he got arrested for what he got arrested for then it was like hold on what's going on here we still will probably never know well you know okay this will probably touch on you because when i was listening to him yesterday you got to understand he's he's a fairly young guy too i mean i'm the same oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. he's 35 36 okay. oh really yeah. right yeah. i'm 42 and again six seven years it makes a difference and the thing that that i really took from it to the point where i stopped is that he has just embraced his faith at 35. He, before, well, he bounced around. He, he, he well, bounced around. Yeah, he was an atheist, yep. and then he was looking at Christianity, and now he's become a Muslim, right. right? And regardless of what you think on any religious front, I think you can hear him talk, and you were listening to his, his approach on religion, which is still kind of uh, in the growth process. And when you don't have a really strong foundation there, you have to put into context where and how he looks at the world. And I think until your faith and your religion, whatever it is, becomes ingrained into who you are, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a little bit choppier, I guess. But when you have a straight, clear vision of your yeah. faith and you've been embodying it for a long time, then the words and the conviction come out a little bit more believable. And I watched him, and I'm like, you're still trying to figure this out. So that's where I take oh, it. I away. didn't know that. See, I don't know a lot about yeah. him. Okay. Yeah, I talked about, they, yeah. they talked about that a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah uh. at the beginning. Um, no, I feel that, too. You see what I mean? feel like that. He's no, no, still, no, no, he's still trying too. to see. He doesn't, like, and, and, and you can tell. I mean, I, I, I do agree with a lot of things he says. He just don't really understand how to say it. Like, but, you know, it, he, he probably is purposely saying it this way to yeah. get views, yes. right? And I think I think it kind of all also ties into, like, what you were saying earlier, like, about being ready to write the book. It's like, man, a, a guy like Andrew Tate, I mean, he's, what, 35, 36, you said, and he's bouncing around religion, still trying to figure himself out, and people are listening to him. And not that he's not validated, but it's almost like, you know, you are who you listen to. You know, how what is he saying? You know, are you is he ready to take this strong-ass stance when – he was an atheist, Christian, uh, Muslim. Exactly. Uh, you so, know what I'm so saying? what are you gonna? You look at him, right? I'm gonna listen to his workout regimen. I'm gonna listen to the things that you he's know done yep. right, successful. Like right now, I can't really embody his beliefs because he hasn't been vetted yet. He hasn't done this as his life. But he was a world champion kickboxer, athlete, you know, successful businessman, mm-hmm. great marketer. Well, I'm gonna listen to all that stuff. 
hundred percent. But the the other stuff you just take with a grain of salt. And obviously, he doesn't. He's pretty candid about his family, but I know he has children. Um, so you can't really say if how he raises his family is good or bad. But you know that that's a part of his life which he keeps private, which I respect. Yeah, super private. But I I look at the person. If I'm gonna ask about football, who am I gonna go to? I'm in the best room. Yep. In Dallas right now. But if I'm going to ask you about commercial real estate, it's going to be me. I, I go to, you know, who is the best and and just focus on what you can bring in that value. So For sure. Yeah. And so, you know, getting back to, because I know Kay, Kay had brought it up. I know you guys had had a deep conversation about it. But getting back to, like, us growing up in a quiet place, right? So when you want to quiet things down now, you know, not that Albuquerque's like crazy loud or anything, <laughs> but I mean, you good, you do got the, uh, you got the the mafia and the, <laughs> and the, uh, the cartels, the cartel. But but when you want to quiet things down, you know, okay, we were talking about this other night. Uh, he was talking about y'all's conversation about meditation. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, bro, I used to meditate as a kid. But honestly, everybody's meditation is different. And I didn't really know the right way to meditate. I would sit there and sometimes I would go in deep thought and sometimes I would fall asleep. But then sometimes I would play music and just take myself down the journey of what was about to go down tomorrow if I had a sport event. And right. then sometimes so, you would sit there and, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Nah. I ain't never. I'll just look you in your eyes. <laughs> I ain't never done none of that. Look, like, he hit me with my button. My, that's funny. But what? I didn't think that button would ever get played on this Bro, I, how is that still programmed? How is that still programmed in there? That's wild to me. That's like, wild. like the people that use this room after us, like, like it's they in not there. change it? I don't know. They got to discover that. This but, some AI shit. <laughs> that's dope. But no, like what, what is your strategy now that we're all kind of grown adults now like there's so many different ways. Is there different ways to meditate? Is there a book for it? Or like, how do you do it? How do you do it? So I follow Buddhism and there, there is, there's different ways to meditate. Mm -hmm. I think the m most simplified version that I can explain is, so the mind, think of it as a freeway. And there's cars that are always moving all the time from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. And even when you're dreaming, your mind never stops. That's default. We have to understand your mind will never stop. That's how it's built. And the cars on the freeway, they represent your thoughts, which is endless. Yep. The, the goal of meditation is to be able to watch those cars without grabbing a hold of it because what happens when you grab onto something it takes you on a ride i mean if i see a bugatti i'm in there yeah exactly and that comes across but think about the bugatti is i'm getting married soon i gotta get my money right my mom's yeah. sick like each thought focus the deeper the thought the quicker you're gonna attach to it right and that's typically when the most pain or excitement or whatever emotion you feel is hooked onto that thought so what meditation does is it allows you not to attach. And it allows each moment to be clear where you're not living in the past or worrying about the future. And the way I go about it is I, I'm an early riser, you know, 5, 5.30. I get up. The first thing I do for an hour is I sit and I meditate every morning before I got here. In what way? Where, where are you sitting at? I'll just sit on the couch or a chair, and um, I, I'll do the cross-leg cross thing and uh, the, whole, the whole nine, right? In a chair? Yeah, or in... Flex or your flexors don't yeah. work. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm going to fall off. Me? <laughs> Y'all are I'm thick, though. I'm out so. of there. I try to, pause, try to, hold try, on. Try to do that shit right now. Oh. <laughs> Bro, happening. my... Sh my shit might pop out. My my hip might pop out, bro. That's what I'm. I was trying to imagine that. I'm like, he's in a chair. But they're big chairs. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you, you just listen to your breath. So you you close your eyes or you can open them slightly and focus on one thing. And you breathe in through your nose and out through your nose. You don't breathe out through your mouth. And you just focus on whatever, just the breath. And then the cars will come and you'll be like, oh, man, I got to go to the podcast an hour. Oh, I'm hungry or I didn't work out. And then you just go back to the breath. And that's the focus of. You do that for an hour? Every day. Damn. Yeah. 
have to, man. Like I told Damn. I told Kavis if it was a choice between working out or meditating, I would I would choose meditating. Your your mental. Your your mentals, it's just it's everything. You know, after we talk, I went home and I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> and I sat down right in the front of my like in the middle of my floor. I was upstairs, so I had like you know, my carpet was soft. So you crossed your legs. I tried to. <laughs> it's, hard. Flexed, it's hard. My hip flexors started to get sore after like the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I had to uncross them and my legs were straight. <laughs> you need to and sit in your big old beanbag chair. Oh, yeah. and, my, and my back started to get sore, so I had to go back, had to scoot back up against the couch, <laughs> legs straight. And then I tried to breathe. But then I kept on having mucus and stuff, so I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, <clears throat> yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's the thought that's coming in my yeah. head, but I'm not, I'm not trying to grab onto it. <laughs> Bro, you but was I'm not going through it. it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. You just letting so it. I gotta, I gotta work on my Letting seat. it suffocate you. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I like, can't breathe. <laughs> ambulance car coming across. <laughs> I'm thinking about water, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't grab onto it, so so forget water. Right but I feel like in order to do this, you have to be consistent for probably like two weeks at least to two do weeks. it every day. No, no. If you, I feel like if you do something for an hour every day for 14 days, that that kind of programs you to get to start doing it. Then you, you, you you're I not gonna 60 start days. You're not going to start in an hour, though, huh? No, 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 no. Uh, no. That's what I'm saying. What should we start? start? I'm, I want to do it. What should well, I, I start? Five minutes. Five I started minutes at bet. three minutes, and the three minutes went by was, fast. Yeah. So, so I minutes. did another three Try minutes. five minutes. Yeah. What, is that what you did? Yeah. Okay. Because it feels like- Five to 15, like, like maybe. 20, right? Like five yeah. minutes when and you and first My three start? minutes went by super fast yeah. because I was actually like- Thinking. It was things racing. Yeah. Right. And my back started hurting and my knees Well, you realize how connected you are. Uh, to your body and your thoughts and then when you're able to separate from it that becomes an afterthought i don't know how to explain it except as you get deeper into it it there's almost a separation of self and you're kind of just watching the wheels go round and round so Damn, you ain't pop no mushrooms before no, that session? Ne- so <laughs> never been drunk never done drugs yo discipline ever discipline yeah that's what's up never in my life that's what's up. That's my only claim to fame. I'll take that to the NFL and cash that. Have Every, you ever drank? Dang. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Yeah. We, I'll have we, a glass of wine a glass of, okay, okay. and a cocktail with. But you I'm don't like drink to get drunk. No, nah, I don't get. Don't, I don't yeah. get sloppy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nah. you don't. No, no, I'll have a I'll have a nice glass of wine and I'll yep. have a nice steak, but I'm not gonna get yeah. get lost, you know. Yeah. So that st stk steak hit too. Oh yeah. And that yeah. Yeah. But. But, bruh, that was, uh, first of all, we got to come out to your hood. Please. We got to come out to Albuquerque Please. and see what's going on out there. Please. But, bro, it was it was a pleasure having you on. I had to end with the meditation because it was something that I want to build, and I think it's something that's that's um, a starter for self-discipline. Yes. Just getting in a routine, getting in a, ru- in a routine, and, and that's something you can consistently do without taking a break. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's why I had to ask you about that, but – once again, man, it's it's we coming up on an hour. It's been you know if Kay didn't get here an hour late, maybe we could be on here another hour. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I had He's a crazy busy. experience and I had to stop and get some food. He I was hungry, to. man. It's all right, bro. But my but my experience was crazy. I waited two days to get my tires. Huh? Two days. Two never, bu- two I'm business never going days. to Firestone again. Yeah. I think it's called Firestone. <laughs> I'm only going to Discount Tire. There you go. Oh, a Discount. Only going to Discount Tire. Shout out to Discount. <laughs> Discount, we're looking for some sponsors. <laughs> you know. We'll put your tire on display on the wall in here. We yeah. go. <laughs> we'll put it with the tire right in the middle. Just just, just give us a tire. We'll put it that's right our, in that's the gonna, middle. That's going to be a sponsor. I already know. Yeah, I I'm feel going, it. I'm going back to Discount. T- tell them tell about the podcast. Yeah, give sure. us Give them the YouTube link, and we're going to be in there. That's a promise. I fuck with Discount. Yep. Now, Alex, bro, it was a it was a pleasure having you on, bro. Pleasure to be uh, here, guys. Thank you. Obviously, we gonna be in the journey together. Uh, where can everybody else follow your journey at if they want to follow your commercial real estate, your personal life, your book? You know, tell them your social media, your websites. What yeah, you got? it's Alex Vasquez Real Estate for my IG. That's probably the best way. We just started that up, so my followings. We're trying to get there. I'm just yeah. just getting it on. So hopefully, you know, anybody wants to learn some real estate and any questions, they can hit me up there. The real deal, real estate. Yeah. You got your link tree on there? Yeah. 
say less. Everything's I need to there. give me a link tree, by the way. Everything's there. I'm sleep on that. You would have been able to ask Natalie, but in <sighs> another time, in <laughs> another time, man. But it's been a it's been a crazy, crazy dope episode. I always enjoy these conversations, but this one was just that much more special, man. Uh, you just get lost in the room for an hour. But uh, we'll definitely run this back. I want to run it back when we do our first deal together. Yeah. Because that's going to be dope. Yeah. And we, we got to talk details about it, that too. That would be fun. All of us. Say less, man. And until next time, bro, we appreciate you having on coming on. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. No, that was dope. That was fun. That was fun as fuck. That was fun as fuck. Man, you hit that button. <laughs>